0: When the Time Lords need the Doctor's help, they allow him to leave the Earth. With Joe by his side, it isn't long before they are meshed into the struggles of the planet's colonists and a powerful mining corporation. This is Colony in Space. Welcome to Regenerated.
1: I'll step inside and see for yourself. I don't
0: believe it! It's bigger inside than out. Yes. That's because the TARDIS is dimensionally transcendental. What does that mean? It means that it's bigger inside than out. Hello, and welcome back to Regenerated. My name's Matt, and I'm joined by my wife, Becky. Hello. And this week we have the colony in space yeah. and this week i actually got it right <laughs> so this one was 10th of april to the 15th of may 71 six episodes right uh, written by malcolm hulk who did the faceless ones the war games slyrians ambassadors of death and the first time direction by michael bryant so quite a bit to get through this week and There'll probably be a lot of uh, mispronouncing of the word colony for the word conony. Like if you uh, listen to last week's episode I did actually get it wrong. A lot. And yeah, and I'll probably will get it wrong this week as well, just to, to tell you. Tell you all and warn you that we're going into the realms of mat language.
1: Yeah. Just be grateful to people who only have to listen to this once a week. Mm. And I have had it for 12 years.
0: Right. Okay. Anyway, quickly moving on. Episode one, we start off with the Time Lords. They make an appearance. And this time yeah, they... I
1: swear they're different Time Lords to the ones that were in that when he kind of got banished.
0: Well, they will be, won't they? Because that's a different Doctor. And that's probably about, what, three years mm. ago?
1: I don't know. I can't remember.
0: So, yes, they make an appearance. So, um, basically, there is a a doomsday weapon that the Time Lords are a bit concerned about. So, they need to unexile the Doctor momentarily so that he can then basically sort out this problem for them. And that's kind of what they do. So, it's basically to serve their purpose. The Doctor makes a new uh, dematerialization circuit. He pops it into the console. This is the first time that Joe is also into the TARDIS. So we get that stereotypical, it's bigger on the inside. As every Mm. companion seems to do.
1: Yeah, which is a bit frustrating.
0: So we get that. He puts it in the console he tries to take off and lo and behold, it works. But obviously known to us, the viewer, it's because the Time Lords have took off that exile and basically sent him where they want him. So he's thinking he's got his TARDIS control back, but he obviously hasn't. <laughs> hasn't. So when the, uh, the TARDIS lands, Jo is a little bit reluctant to go exploring. She's a little bit of a, a also a non-believer um, to the cause as well, because She's never been on a journey. This um, is the first she time.
1: probably thinks he's a lot of cock and bull. Well, and yeah. All the stories he says about, you know, time and space. She's probably thinking, yeah, of course, mate.
0: Yeah, so that's, you know, it is what it is. So the only way to really prove, you know, that he's actually done it is to actually open the doors. So there's one thing about the TARDIS doors that I don't really understand. It's from the outside. They're like a double, obviously a double, double police box doors. But from the inside, they're kind of bigger. And then when they open, you kind of get well, that like outline sort of, of the inside doors, but you don't from the outside.
1: concrete doors.
0: Well, it's, a bit, it's a bit. Yeah, they're always a bit funny.
1: They look like big sort of wads of like a couple of, sort of like they're thicker than two like big bookcases sort of mm. thing, you know?
0: Yeah. But anyway, they step outside and they're watched over by this but creature. Then,
1: but then I get what you're saying though, because the TARDIS doors look proper like, you know, they're like a shed door, they're flimsy mm. as hell.
0: Hmm. So, when they grow out of the TARDIS, they are watched over by a creature from a race called the Primitives. So, the Primitives, they look a bit like um, the character from The Mask, the film uh, with Cher and Eric Stoltz about a young teenager with a facial deformity. They kind of look like that, but green.
1: I don't know. I still say uh, I've got an analogy.
0: Wow. Yeah. Anyway, the Doctor and Joe explore in the area. The Doctor likes his rocks, so he goes and has a look at this rock before they return to the TARDIS.
1: Yeah, what is the obsession with rocks?
0: All of a sudden, these humans basically seize the Doctor and Joe and take them back to their base. And it seems that to be one of these colonists, you have to have a beard or a moustache.
1: Family. There's
0: only a few that don't have that, like the women, or you know, the odd, odd clean-shaved one. But for the most part, they all seem to need to have a beard. But I can't even remember what
1: you like clean-shaven. Wow, well,
0: that's it. So there's a few principal players. There's the leader of the colonists, which is a Robert Ash. Then you've got like his sort of—I don't know—he kind of ends up being like a second in command, really, and it's called David. And there is also another person called Leeson who's also a bit of a plot point. We'll get to that in a minute. Mm. So the doctor and Joe are questioned. The Joe is taken to the dining area, cliche, where do we stick the lady? We stick her in the kitchen. While the doctor some... while the doctor takes a look at the colonists' crop maps, where he says, it Looks like you're going to be starving to death soon. Because the backstory is, is that the crop is not growing because the soil is irradiated from radiation. Which we come to find later on in the story. Is because of the doomsday weapon. It was created using radiation. And it's irradiated the soil. So. We then get a scene of the TARDIS. Being captured by the primitives. They take it away. We find out that it's year it's the year twenty four seventy two lovely little bit of dialogue between Mary Ash which is a, uh Robert's daughter and Joe here where she says we came in seventy one Joe thinks it's nineteen seventy one but it's not it's twenty four seventy one so it's a nice little bit mm. double one get more of the backstory about how they came to be here Joe then comes in with Mary to tell the doctor and that that Leeson has is sort of because they live in like domes. His dome has come under attack, and we did actually get a scene of them being attacked by this big giant, like, iguana lizard thing. At the dome, the doctor is um, sort of having a look round. He questions the size of this lizard, which they said is, like, massive. Only for him to say, well, to be fair, it's left a really small claw mark, so how did it get through the doors? So he's a bit suspicious straight off the bat about oh, yeah, the story they're be. telling. The colonists then discuss whether or not they want to leave the planet because obviously these attacks have been going on for a while now. But then mm. in the end, they decide that they're going to stay. They want to give the crop a chance to grow and they want to move forward here on the uh, planet because that's kind of why they're there. They're there to colonize the planet, to make life, you know, to make it yeah. better for them. A man is then brought it in, he's wounded, his name is Norton, he comes from another base camp in the area. He then says that he's, um, his colonists were killed by a giant lizard, bit like the one that killed Leeson, and that he is the only one left. So that's a little bit of a suspiciousment there, that he's the only one. Inside this dome, two of the primitive creatures are sort of searching around. We find out that these are known to the colonists, and they're kind of Kind of friendly, the doctor is then left to sort of search only for this robot to come in behind him, and that's the end of episode one. So, episode two, we find that this is like a servo robot and that it is being controlled by a member of the IMC. So, what does the IMC stand for, Becky?
1: Intergalactic Mining Corporation.
0: I thought it was interplanetary.
1: All right, same thing.
0: Well, it's kind of, yeah, it looks like it's the same sort of thing. So this is a group of people that are landed on the planet. They've said they've only just landed, but they've actually been there for a while. Um, mm. And they're there to mine because the planet's ri- rich in a mineral, which was was it like delurium or something like that. Yeah. And it's very rich in this. So they want to mine it. Obviously, the colonists want to live on there. So there's a little bit of a sort of to and fro in here between the two people or the mm. two... There's two different I don't know what you call them, they're not races, Clearly but their
1: parents never taught them the way of sharing.
0: So that's kind of where the story's going, is that there's kind of this dispute between the IMC and the colonists. Did
1: they ever learn to share growing up, you know? Mm.
0: The doctor is then forced to accompany I think it was wasn't it is Morgan, I think, was the guy who came in with the robot.
1: Um I think so.
0: And for eagle-eyed viewers of British um, soap operas. This guy is the player. Uh, the guy who played Roy Evans in EastEnders, really, and also for eagle that? British um, soap lovers, the woman who played Mary Ash also plays Gail in Coronation Street. I
1: noticed that, but yeah. although she looked better looking then, so um, you know now the haircut she has now makes her head look really small for some mm. weird reason. But I think she does look better with long hair. Yes, so. But the Roy Evans guy now wouldn't wouldn't have sussed it. Yep, that was definitely the guy who played Roy
0: Evans. Yep. So the doctor is forced to accompany Morgan back to their ship. The doctor then discovers that his TARDIS has been gone on the journey back. The doctor then is escorted inside the ship where he is uh, introduced to the leader of the mining corporation who's called Captain Dent. So he's going to be the main sort of. Hmm. He's going to be the main protagonist. Obviously, he's there for the greater cause, the mining operation. That's all he cares about, is getting these colonists off either way and (laughs) mining the planet. So, Dent then sort of um, plots to sort of kill the Doctor. He uses um, Morgan to sort of try and do this. Morgan escorts the Doctor back to the Dome where they are stopped by primitives on the way. The Doctor fights using one of their spears. He's able to overthrow them. He continues back to the dome. Joe is um, continuing to help the colonists back in the kitchen, where Norton ends up killing a primitive and uh, electronics expert, who's I think he's the only one, called Jim. He's the guy who's obviously doing all the electronics. He ends up. Uh, norton ends up sabotaging all these electronics to put the the base into blackout so obviously he's definitely not what he appears to be dent then continues to plot to mine on the planet and he is uh he meets with the colonists and encourages them to leave the dr morgan end up back at the dome where a robot again enters same sort of cliffhanger as episode one but this time it's just got claws so, obviously, the robot is the robot that's been doing all the damage. It's obviously yeah. the IMC who's been doing this. We do well, find out... scenes
1: they use it by remote control.
0: Yep, and we do also find out that they were using projectors as well later on to project the big reptiles to try and scare the colonists. So, yeah, they're so trying... A,
1: a, bit, a big Scooby-Doo story then, really, and, yeah.
0: And I think also we find out that in this episode that it was Morgan that actually killed Leeson and, and I think it was his wife, he did it by accident, but either way, that serves their cause, so it doesn't really matter, does it to them?
1: Mm.
0: Episode three, the doctor fight fights out of um out of uh where the robot's sort of holding him. Doesn't he he attack Morgan, who's got the controls, he sort of kicks the control out of his hand and Morgan sort of yeah. runs off and he's able to get the control. I think that's kind of what happens. Dent lands his ship near the colonists. The Doctor ends up returning to the base and tells them all about the fake monsters and tr- that they are trying to scare the colonists. Joe wants to find proof that, you know, these are all fake monsters. Yeah. And the colonists and the IMC decide that there's a little bit of a bigger task to sort of manage their dispute. So they have to send for what they call an adjudicator. So that's what they do. The adjudicator will come. He will then, or she will decide... Who has the better argument? Do the colonists have the best argument for settling on the planet? Or do the IMC have the best co- um, case to mine this rich mi- mineral? So mm. that's the sort of basis of the story.
1: Well, my theory personally would have been the obviously the colonists. See, you don't. You see, you've it got it, it wrong now. Um,
0: I haven't got it wrong for near I enough know, the whole episode. i but
1: you because I keep saying it to you as Jinx and me. You know, I think that's the people it's of the colonists. Colony. They Shut are... up. Um, you know, I think that's you know, their priority. And, the, you know, the mining people are only just after what they can get, you know. Mm,
0: yes. So the Doctor ends up repairing the electrics to bring the power back to the base. The Doctor then discovers that Norton actually sabotaged it. And that um, while he's doing this, Dent then calls the Doctor to his ship. Because Joe is captured because they went inside the ship, yeah. her and David decided they'd go into the ship to find the sort of the proof behind these fake monsters. So while they were doing that, they got captured. So this is why Denton has uh, Denton. This is why Dent has called the doctor and summoned him to the ship to say that Joe's been captured. She is then chained to these explosives in a, sort of a primitive dwelling, yeah, where. Any movement will set off this bomb.
1: Mm.
0: They're able to slip Joe's bonds off her wrists using, as they say, a bit a little, a little bit of grease off the bomb, I think yeah. it is, and then she ends up getting David released. The guard comes in, David escapes, but Joe is quickly captured. David is then pursued, and he stumbles along this guard who is outside. I think it's near the base and it ends up being Cadwell. Or was it Cal... Cald What's his... How do you say Caldwell. Caldwell, that's right. And he's one of the IMC who's kind of... He's on the fence. He doesn't really... He doesn't really want them to... You know... um, He doesn't want them to mine. And... Mm send the colonists away. He's kind of on the side of the colonists a little bit more. So he's kind of one of the IMC who can be turned. So he kind of fakes that he's killed David. He ends up releasing the bonds because obviously back then David was released, but he still had his shackles on because Joe was able to sort of break the chain. Yeah. David then ends up returning to the base to... Arm up some troops to go after the IMC. Caldwell and the Doctor end up talking, where the Doctor wants his help and he kind of agrees to help to help release Joe. Joe is then in, uh freed, but the primitives come in and then they take Joe away back to their city. Mm. The doctor then plans to access using um Mary as a little bit of a distraction to the guards so that they can get into Dent's ship they end up knocking out two of the guards David and the Doctor end up inside they're dressed in the guards uniforms they force their way to the control room where they are told that Joe has vanished the Doctor then goes to the primitive ruins with Rob uh, or Rob Ash, the leader of the colonists and then we see a scene of Joe who's transported inside the side of a cave to Mm. the primitives' city. It's a
1: bit of a weird one
0: I quite I gotta admit I quite like this. I think them you know they've got obviously gone to a quarry as the setting of the planet, and I do think it gives it a nice organic feel. It does yeah. they do they do actually feel that they're on a planet in this one, and you know it is quite you know what they've done with the quarry and how they've filmed it. I thought it was really really well done. Yeah. So you know, yeah, I I I think the look of this one is really really quite good and really quite tight. You know, to the set piece, yeah. The the colonists' base is quite nice as well. It kind of looks, you know, kind of, like say, organic. It doesn't really look wooden set-like. But the inside of the city of the primitives, that looks a little bit sort of studio set-like. Mm. Anyway, episode four. Episode four, the doctor is talking with Robert Ash, and he says we'll have to sort of trade and get Joe back by giving them food. But the doctor's a little bit reluctant to do this. So Robert is going to tell him that he's going to trade his food while the doctor goes off in search of Joe. The Judicator ends up arriving in his ship. David then finds his projector, which um, obviously flashes a large lizard like creature on the wall. They find it in Dent's ship and they find uh, one of the claws as well. Joe was then brought to what I thought was the leader, but it's not. It's a, it's, it's. I I don't really understand the evolutionary side of the primitives. Is the primitive the de-evolved version? Have they just like gone from like really? Because the doctor says later on that they are highly intelligent. So have they gone from highly intelligent down to primitives? Because there Pretty seem much. to be a lot of primitives. Yeah. I so the people, like. the people who are semi-blind they don't communicate they just communicate by their brains yeah and they've got a large brain they're like the evolved version before the primitives
1: i think so yeah
0: that's the way i sort of seen it yeah so they're kind of like leaders but they're kind of like subordinates of the leader because we get to see the leader in a bit anyway but yeah yeah but yeah the costume was okay i thought it was all right for what it was
1: Not like something belonged in Dark Crystal.
0: Mm. Morgan ends up fooling David and ends up pointing the gun at him. The Doctor then finds his cave and then he is captured by Primitives outside uh, who lead him inside. Uh, We find out that the Adjudicator is Shock Horror.
1: The Master.
0: The Master, yes. He returns once again. Um, Like I said, he is always going to be the full... uh, the f- what is it, the f- thorn the f- in his side. The foe. The foe of the Doctor. He's turned up again. And it, it always surprises me that the Doctor and the Master in this season, definitely in this season, always seem to be in the right place at the right time together.
1: Mm. They're never kind
0: of out by a couple of years or something, are they? No. You know, it's just always funny how...
1: They seem to be uh, in the same exact place. It is
0: obvious because the Time Lords do control this this journey of the Doctor. Say they, they sent him here so they obviously put him in the right time and the right place to meet the, the master. But in other scenarios, like *Clause of Axos, it's always a bit funny how the master was conveniently captured by Axos. And they're in the right place yes, at the right time.
1: So ironic, really. mm.
0: The Doctor and Joe end up reuniting in the city. The doctor then decides that him and Joe, they're in this room, they've got to get out of this room, so he decides that he's going to cause a distraction. He uses really cheap magic tricks to try and fool one of the primitives, and he ends up using a bit of his Venusian karate to subdue the primitives so he can escape out of the room, which is is obviously what they do. It's not for very long, because they are quickly then caught, where they get put into a room where there is like this reactor out of the wall comes a small brain creature which is a bit like the blind ones but smaller who seems to be the true leader and he can actually talk he's quite reasonable as well with the doctor and joe you know he doesn't really punish them or anything like that he just basically says that he's going to let them go but they are never to return which the doctor and joe ends up leaving. They end up walking into this trial oh, that the Master is doing.
1: that didn't work in, S- in The Lion King, so it weren't going to work in Doctor Who, was it?
0: Well, they obviously, Shock Horror, they do end up returning there, but it's not really the Doctor and Joe's fault.
1: Yes, to tomorrow. You know,
0: it's kind of the Master's fault, which we will get onto mm-hmm. in a couple of episodes, but you know, yeah, anyway. So they go Uh, They stumble into the trial where the master decides to rule in favor of the IMC and says that they can mine the planet. The doctor then ends up listening in on a discussion between the master and Ash There's a bit of a firefight here between the IMC and the colonists because obviously, now that the master has ruled, the colonists have got to leave the planet, so they're obviously not happy about that. There's a bit of a firefight here between the two. The master ends up pointing the gun at the doctor and says, You know, you're going to be a victim of stray bullets in this firefight, and that's the end of episode four. So, episode five, sorry, pleasant then. Well, yeah, but that's just the master. So, you know, the master, for, for for all the times the master, you know, he could have just shot them here. You know, this is the trouble with these like sort of villain criminals type type of characters. They never they're always sort of boastful. They never really do the job. They just sort of, you know, they never get it done. Yeah. They, they always let the, the, the hero get away. And that's kind of what happens in episode five, where Ash interrupts the master. The AMC end up surrendering as David ends up sort of ducking out and round and comes behind Dent and forces them to surrender. The David, the Doctor, then reveals to Ash that the Master's not actually the adjudicator, but the Master quickly counters with, "Have you seen the Doctor's credentials? Is he true? Is he real? You know." And that to focus yep, himself. Yep, and that kind of subdues uh, the Doctor a little bit here because the colonists and Ash kind of believe the master a little bit here and sort of say well actually yeah you just turned up so actually who are you yeah the colonists then force the imc off the planet so that's what they do they actually go up into like a sort of low orbit the doctor and joe then go to the master's tardis to try and find proof that he is not who he says he is as he enter the door they find that there's this like alarm beam, so they have to sort of sn- uh, sort of struggle underneath the beam so they don't alert the master that they're inside. On the IMC's ship, they then find out that the actual adjudicator is not real and not the master, so they then f- come up with this plan to then land back on the planet. The Doctor and Joe, while they're inside the Master's TARDIS, they then find a pass for the real adjudicator and some files about other mining um, experiments that the master's been involved in. So he's obviously looking for something on this planet. And to yeah. be fair, we never really find out why. Or is he looking for the doomsday weapon? Is that what he's looking for? Because they never really say.
1: Yeah. They don't really yeah. say what
0: he's really looking for. I, I, we're, we're to assume it's the doomsday weapon. Mm. Um, that's what I'm thinking anyway joe's sort of idly walking around you know she's not really she's in her own sort of world so she decides to cross the alarm beam as you do yeah as you do this obviously alerts the master who gets up like on this little thing uh like uh, um a camera that's inside his tardis he sees that the doctor's in there he ends up pressing this button which releases this sleeping gas flooding his tardis knocking the doctor and joe unconscious the IMC end up re-landing as the Master wakes up the Doctor using this sort of mask thing. He then goes to Joe, who he wakes up as well. He says that he wants to get the Doctor to take him to the primitive city. He's going to use Joe as a prisoner in this tube thing. If the Doctor doesn't comply, he's going to flood it with this gas to kill her. Mm-hmm. And again, the usual... F- like. The usual downside to the Doctor, as we know, is his companion. They always use the weaker companion as the bargaining chip to blackmail the Doctor into doing anything. And he always does it. He'll always do it, but then he's always a little bit too smart, so he's going to obviously outsmart the Master here. Pretty much. The IMC end up storming the colonists' base. There's another firefight. Ash is taken hostage. They end up dropping their... The colonists end up dropping their guns the doctor then drops the tardis key as he's leaving the master's tardis with the master there's another trial of the colonists by the imc they trial them for treason because it's not just a ba- basically a thing of well you're here you know trespassing it's now you're treasonous so in the end they rule that they can either leave the ship or they can be executed pushing them back against the wall so that's what they do but the colonists are a little bit concerned about their ship that they arrived in because it's old it's tattered it's not been maintained they said that it probably would blow up on the launch pad so they obviously are a little bit reluctant to really leave this planet but they're guilty and they must leave so on the way to the Primitive's cave, the Doctor and the Master stumble across a Primitive that pushes this big, massive boulder down the side of a cliff, hitting their car as they jump out of it. The Primitives start to attack, but the doctor, uh, but the Master uses his... I'm guessing it's like a sonic screwdriver gun thing. Yeah. Because we've seen it before in the last uh, serial, but he uses it here to kill the Primitive. The doctor and Master end up arriving at the cave The IMC are going exploring what they think is the adjudicator's ship for some more clues. They end up stumbling across the key to let themselves in. As they're inside, they see Joe in the tube and they obviously want to find a way to help her. But as they're in there, the master pushes a button, or shall we say, goes to push the button at the end of the episode Mm. because the IMC walked across his alarm alerting him that they've now entered it. Episode six, the doctor in Venusian karate, he loves his Venusian karate. I'm um, a bit
1: obsessed at the moment. Ends up
0: kicking the button out of the master's hand as the primitives arrive. Joe is released. Joe is then helped by Cordwell to go to the primitive city. The master reveals about the Doomsday Weapon, where he basically explains that it's power of the universe. He uses this like small little smoke bomb to try and escape their room that they're being captured in. Mm. The colonists are then escorted to this rickety old ship where they're inside. The colonists end up leaving. As it's in the sky, it blows up. The Doctor and the Master find this weapon. Joe and Cadwells end up in the cave entrance. They enter it because it opens up. Back in the uh, Doomsday weapon room, the Master is trying to entice the Doctor. He says about, we could rule together. Think about all the good you could do with this weapon. You could end wars, save lives. And I think for a brief second there, the Doctor actually is thinking about it mm. I think the way that John Pertwee played it it looks like he is willing to accept it just for that brief one second where he's thinking oh yeah I could do some good with this machine but then obviously it wouldn't be the doctor if he didn't say nope I'm not gonna join you and I never would so
1: yeah he wouldn't. at the end of the day he wouldn't be the doctor if he said yeah would he
0: yeah. So while they're in the room, the 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 wall opens. The little like brain leader comes out of the wall. He tells the doctor to initiate the self destruct sequence on the weapon, which the doctor quickly does. The doctor and master have to leave. As they're leaving, they bump into Joe and Cadwell. They end up leaving the ship. We find out that the colonists have survived. Because David, uh, uh, there was a scene where he did actually get out of the ship. He did have a little bit of a fight with an IMC guard. He, able to overthrow the guard, he opened up the rocket, let the other uh, colonists out. As Robert Ash flew the ship up on his own and then it blew up, giving the impression that they'd all gone down. There's a firefight between the IMC and the colonists. The master ends up escaping. The IMC end up surrendering. The Doctor is then reunited with his TARDIS. They, Him and Joe quickly sneak inside where they leave. The TARDIS then lands at unit headquarters where the Brigadier was left at the very beginning of the serial. The Doctor and Joe come out the door for the Brigadier to say, oh, that was a very short trip. Joe then says, we were gone for ages. What the hell happened? The Doctor turns around and says, well, for the Brigadier, we literally were gone for a few seconds. You know and then oh, he turns around to Joe. And again, they always they've been doing this now for I think it's every single serial now. They've done this like sort of jovial end to it where he turns around to Joe and says, It's okay. The brigadier would never understand. And then that's the end of the serial. Mm-hmm. So they always do that sort of comedy thing. They've done it in the last one where he says, Oh, it means I'm stuck here with you mm-hmm. and then he said, Oh, I'm quite looking forward to it in Terror of the Autons. Where he says about bumping into the master again, you know they've done this quite a few times now. Yeah. So that is the colony in space. And to be fair, I've done really well to get that word out. There was a <laughs> lot of colony and colonists, and I'm really impressed that I didn't actually stumble over that. A little mm. bit of a hiccup at the very end, uh, very beginning, but I've pulled it pulled it out of the bag right at the end there, Becky, for you. <laughs> And there were no billy colonies in in space, or in sight. <laughs> so, uh, what did you think of the colony in space, Becky? Was all right. For a, sick, a, a sixer, I think it's actually quite good.
1: Um, it could be better.
0: I I liked. There was a few things I really did like about it. The story's alright. The story's basic. It is what it is. Confliction between two different. I don't what kind of species, races, or anything, but they're just the earth you know humans they're, they're just conflicts between two humans you yeah. know human i don't know what you want to call them you know you've got the colonists and the imc obviously there's that inner conflict one wants yes. one thing one wants another thing you know the one thing i really really liked is that the master didn't appear until episode three i think it was or four yeah it's becoming as the adjudicator i really like that because you know it's i said in the last episode you know i'm getting a bit sick of the master now and then being on earth all the time yes they did get off earth this week great it it actually i gotta admit that's what i wanted i wanted them off earth i got what i wanted this shows you like the variety they could do because they brought in a new species race with the primitives and you know it it just works to me you've got more variety in it that's the way I perceived it, anyway. It has more variety in it. Yeah. And I'm hoping that... I know next week, with the daemons, it's going to be back on Earth. But I think it's going to...
1: thing is, though, you know, it was okay for, you know, a story. But, you know, I thought, well, as they were going to go back in sort of a different planet or whatever, after being stuck on Earth, I kind of expected better.
0: I'm a bit disappointed that it's two Earth, you know, factions. We'll call them factions, you know, squabbling. Again, they've just got off Earth. They can do anything they want now.
1: And they put two and they do it, of it, Earth people.
0: And it's Earth, basically. It's Earth-based, just not on Earth. Yeah. That's the only thing that's a bit frustrating. And also, you can see that they must be struggling with the budget because both the Master's TARDIS and the Doctor's TARDIS don't dematerialize like they normally do they just disappear so they didn't obviously have the money there it's for like the effect yeah for the effect there seems to be no money
1: yeah and i
0: think that's one of the things that that's probably the problem is there's no money but we'll have to see anyway we'll see what someone else thought of this segueing into mark campbell's episode guide verdict An intelligent morality play, saddled with dreary sets and locations. If you persevere, there are many fine moments. A six out of ten. So he gave it a six, so just above average. So yeah, it is what it is. It's a little bit sort of... You're going to get hits and misses with Doctor Who. It's not going to be like tens all the time. There's no program out there who's going to have a ten every single episode. So... You know, we're just going for a little bit of a bumpy patch, I find, with Doctor Who. I did think that The Claws of Axos was a little bit of a weak one last week. This is probably my second least favourite in this season. The poll put it at number 199 at 241, so it's quite low. I've probably won the lowest for the third Doctor, I think, in that poll. So, you know, it is what it is, you know, like I say. Next week, the Daemons... Um, is thought of as quite a higher, higher one. Mm. And it's probably going to be in that top 50, maybe top 100, I think of the poll. Yeah. So we'll see. I think they round off the season um, with a bang. And that is going to be like the end of the season. So we're really like sort of with, with the first and the first and the second doctor. I find that the seasons were quite long because they had quite a lot of cereals and they yeah. really packed the seasons now we're getting into the third doctor. The seasons are quite shorter. Like there's only like four or five ser- ser- uh, serials in each season now. So we're getting through the seasons really quickly. So one more episode or serial and we're through the next season. So that'll be the second season of John Pertwee's done. And I think that's two out of four seasons. I think he done.
1: Yeah. probably. You know, I think there's a
0: few more serials in this next one. And then the following one it's actually, I think it's five seasons. now. thinking about it. I think he did five years. Um, But yeah, like I say, let us know what you thought in the social medias of what you thought of the colony in space. And like I said, next week's will be the Daemons. And I'm thinking it's going to be more of a favourable serial. That's five episodes. Favourable. Yep, whichever. Anyway, I think we'll leave it there while I'm on a roll with my colony in, uh, in space and saying it right. So I think we're going to leave it there. So I would like to say goodbye and say goodbye, Becky. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>